Our talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. It's better to Buckeyes. Doug Lavery, Tyler Shoemaker, looking at Ohio State football and the National College football scene from a gambling perspective. Ohio State at Maryland on Sunday, 3.30 kickoff. 27.5 point favorites, I believe, is the number. 63.5, I believe, is the total. Tyler Shoemaker, we always start off our discussion here with your Ohio State bet of the week. But I also like always getting inside your numbers. Again, if people don't understand this, and I, and I think maybe they do by now, tissue, but it's probably worth off the top reminding him of this. You have like a, you, not like a, you have a proprietary, is algorithm the right word, formula? What's yeah. the right word to say that you come up with your own power numbers for all these teams? What's the right way to describe what you do? Yeah, I, I mean, formula, algorithm, um, you know, I'm looking at, at different metrics and, opponent adjusting them so that you know the they ain't played nobody paul like that that doesn't come into play because i'm accounting for that in my numbers so so when i when i say like i think this team is seven points better than this team it's it's a true measurement based on what they've done on the field you know and who they've done it against so so that's the thing that that people need to understand that the thing that's that's rare about tshu is that he has this thing that he's created that gives him hard data. He is also a regular old college football fan, just like you and I are. So he, he, he sees the game not just through that numbers lens, but he sees it through the lens of a person who cares about Ohio State, who cares about the game. And then also, good talker. Handsome, good dancer, good dad, good husband, good neighbor, who barbecue with you. So that's why this podcast is unique, because we kind of, through tissue, bring you guys everything at once. So it's always valuable to get your numbers on Ohio State. So when you see 27 and a half, does that sound right? What are your numbers telling you about that line? Yeah, so it, it's interesting, you know, at this point in the season, you know, we talked earlier in the season about like, okay, at this point, now I'm removing all preseason data and only working with on-field data from this year. Well, now we're at the point of the season where like, I'm using only the on-field data from this year, but I'm also off to the side looking at, you know, taking out like the first month of the season. How are you playing recently? in addition to how you've looked all season long. And that, that kind of helps guide my bets, uh, my picks as well. So in terms of the Ohio State game this week, my season-long number, like my, my true power rating number, I would make this game Ohio State minus 23. So again, you know, the, the number is a little inflated on Ohio State, and that's that's to be expected because honestly, they've they've done a great job covering. I You know, I don't know that my numbers have, have even really done them justice. Um, and I, I think part of that is to they've they've mixed in some backups in the second half of games that you know they've given up a, a touchdown or two like I know the Wisconsin game they gave up uh, I think two garbage time touchdowns uh same um same with with Indiana last week so I think that um is something I need to to try to clean up a little bit with my numbers to try to get ahead of that but when I remove the first month of the, roughly the first month of the season I would make Ohio State a 32 and a half point favorite because Maryland is is trending way down they, you know, they they started started the season really well. They looked really good, and they're they're trending way down here uh, lately. So I, I won't be surprised to see Ohio State cover this number. That's the thing I was curious about because like Maryland six and four. Maryland, I, I think, is pretty much having the season that people thought. I thought this was like maybe like a pretty good 
seven or eight win team that was just going to have a tough time getting over the top against Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State. They played Wisconsin, stuff like that. But you look the last two weeks, they scored 10 points the last two weeks against Wisconsin and Penn State got shut out last week. And I want, I was going to ask you that, like, how do you, you have season long numbers, but how do you take that into account? But you're describing a way in which you do take that into account, because I do think you have to have the context, especially in a world where a typical college football, any football season is such a small sample size, right? I mean, ideally, when you're creating an algorithm like this, you want to run something hundreds or thousands of times, not 10 times. Right. But even within that, you you do right. You have to try somehow maybe to wait what's happened the last two weeks more than what happened earlier in the year when they had a nice win against SMU, for instance, because I don't know that they're that team anymore. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you're right. A college football season is just so few data points to begin with, but college football is just so unique in that, like, even though 12 games is not a lot of data to, to really go off of, those teams still evolve so much from game one to game 12 that I think, I think at this point in the season, uh, it, it is smart to look how they've done, you know, the last four or five games uh, in addition to how they've looked the whole season. So that's smart that you're able to do that. You can decide again, within having a system, then you can decide which numbers to input into your system. So to say, when you, when you start taking out preseason, preseason stuff, as you did midway through the year, or when you start, I'm going to take out the first month, right? Then you have both sets of numbers. So you're saying one set of numbers season long is telling you 23. One set of numbers, say last five, six weeks, is, is telling you 32. And then kind of in between there is where we are with the actual number at 27.5. You're able to look at both sets of numbers. And then again, you have to use what? A little bit of intuition, a little bit of college football eyeballs to decide, all right, which which way am I going to lean with my sets of numbers as I remove different data points. Yeah. In terms of making bets, you know, I'm not going to make a bet at this point in the season that I actually have three different formulas that I run. So I have my main one and then I have a secondary one. And then I have this most recent, the the most recent games weighted more heavily. So I kind of have three different data points that I'm looking at in terms of a spread. And I'm not going to make a bet unless all three of those algorithms align on the same side. So that's what makes it tricky with like, you know, I'm in like a pick them contest uh, for college football and like, some games I have to make a pick on, but the numbers are, you know, kind of mixed on it. So then that's where I have to really just kind of read the market and, and go with my gut on those. Um, and then and then in terms of totals, I actually I do seven different formulas um, because totals are just so tricky um, because because those can get I mean, you, you look at like the SMU game from a couple of weeks ago, SMU Houston that broke the FBS record, like no formula in the world was ever going to project that type of total. But what I like to do is. I think I mentioned this a week or two ago. I try to, when I, I get my main number, like my actual projection with my main formula, and then I'm like, okay, this tells me the under. Let me see if I can come up with a way with the data that these teams have. Can I come up with a way that this game goes over? You know, so so I want unanimous numbers before I'm going to make a bet. Wow, man, this sounds hard. It's more it's more difficult in in, in setup and just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 more difficult just to like set it up and sit back and like think of all the different ways I can crunch the numbers because you can have the same set of data and just tweak the formula ever so slightly and come up with a with a totally different number. So again, I try to just play devil's advocate with myself like, okay, oh, you want to bet this under? Well, let's see if we can 
can project it to go over and and kind of get me off the bet. And if I can't, then then it's a bet. All right. So just like within the seven formulas, before we get to the Ohio State bet of the week, I just wanted to ask this very quickly. The idea of a, of a regular average person, just a schmo on the street, just someone who barely understands football at all, a person like that getting the score of a game exactly right, that they get not just the, the score of one team correct, but the other team correct. Is that almost like a miracle? Is it one in a million, a lightning strike? How rare would that be? Again, for someone with no mathematical background, and really not much more than a rudimentary understanding of the game itself to have what some would describe as a perfect pick. Just how would you put that in context? I would say if you find that person, I will co-host a betting podcast with them. <laughs> wow. That is. Well, okay. If you're out there, Tishu is ready. Uh, to, I mean, because it is special. I mean, because people have different qualifications, right? So again, you got seven formulas. I, once in an 18-year career, picked the score exactly right. So we're basically on equal footing, which is why we are co-hosts. We knew this day would come. I, I, I don't know if you guys heard, 56-14, I, I nailed it last week. I knew <laughs> that the walk-on third-string punt returner was going to muff a punt and set up Indiana to score a garbage touchdown at the end to get the 14. Okay, let's get to our state bet of the week because sometimes when i'm bored i just like to look at the first quarter total for the ohio state game because it is something that has become very special to us and i looked at it this week and it made me have a question about things but tishu what's the first first of all is that the bet is that what we're doing or am i leading yeah. down the wrong i path? mean why why would we not the, the odds makers i i said last week if if they don't start shading this to fourteen and a half, like we're just we're gonna keep riding it, and and it's fourteen again uh, this week, and I and actually I think uh, I think Fanduel had it the over, uh, the odds were minus one hundred two, so you're getting better than standard odds on the on the over fourteen first quarter, and I just I just don't see a world where Ohio State themselves do not score fourteen points, so I, I feel like. Like we talked about before, I feel like at worst this is a push. I don't. I just don't see a world where Ohio State doesn't score 14. And again, if, if Maryland contributes a field goal, we're we're there. So, so so the thing I was wondering about this week is I you have hit this I think at 13 and a half. Yep. That's often been the number in several weeks. And 13 and a half, it's like give us two touchdowns for cashing that that slip. When the number is 14, the difference between 13 and a half and 14, where if especially in a small sample size like a single quarter, where if you hit the 14, it's a push, not a win, but it's not a loss. Does it pull you back at all? Or in a situation like this, is 14 the same as 13 and a half when it comes to deciding to make the bet? Because all you're doing is if you hit the number, it's a tie. It's a push instead of a win, but there's nothing to be afraid of. Or is it like how much difference does that make? Right, because you know wins are better than ties, but also ties are better than losses. Oh, your name's Ty. I just thought of that. Um, yeah, no, that that's a that's a that's a good question. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, yeah, I couldn't figure out if the difference between thirteen and a half and fourteen was huge or literally nothing. So a half point in in this instance between thirteen and a half and fourteen, because of my confidence level in what Ohio State does offensively. 
it, it, it doesn't really change. Like, sure, if it's 13 and a half, like, I feel better. Like, I feel, like, almost automatically like we're going to win it because I just am chalking up Ohio State to score 14 points in the first quarter. So, but again, it's almost in my mind, it's almost like a, a risk-free bet, so to speak, because it's like, okay, well, Ohio State's going to score their, their 14. Can Maryland score a field goal or can Ohio State sneak in a third possession and then they get another score? So it's almost like we're either going to win this or push. I feel like I just, I just don't see a world where Maryland holds them under 14 uh, or really anyone holds them under 14. So I, uh, the difference between 13 and a half and 14 is really nothing, but the difference between 14 and 14 and a half is, is a deal breaker. I, I don't think I would take it at 14 and a half. This does feel like the kind of number where the books are protecting themselves with maybe out discouraged without discouraging the action, because here we are, we're not afraid to bet it, but they don't have to pay it out on two touchdowns. Yep. So like everybody wins. Isn't that <laughs> nice for the books to finally catch a break? My gosh, those poor casinos and these sports books. I don't even know how they, how they're able to pay the bills, how they keep the lights on at places like that. So, okay. I, that's what I figured, but you know, not, but, but this, it, it, it doesn't change your bet. It certainly changes how you watch the first quarter though. Because I felt like when when you're betting thirteen and a half, you could sit in a in a lounge chair and watch that. It's like, oh wait, I think we got our fourteen like six minutes into the first quarter. I feel like it's very possibly that you're sweating this one out a little bit because you've got to get that third possession. Whether it's Maryland finding a way or Ohio State, maybe a little tempo, maybe getting like, hey, oh, I don't want this third possession to end with Ohio State having the ball, you know first and 10 at the 12 yard line about to score, but the first quarter ends because they run out of time. And all of a sudden now I'm pushing instead of winning. So I do think it'll change how we, how our, our loyal listeners here who are going to bet this, it'll change how they watch it, but it won't really change how they should bet it. Yeah. And, and I will say I, it depends on what book you're, you're betting with. I don't know. Some of them may allow you to buy the half point. Um, You know, if, if you don't, if you, if the, like I said, FanDuel had it, the over was minus 102. So if you can buy that to 13 and a half at minus 112, I would do that. If your book will allow you to do that, I would do that. Again, I feel comfortable with the 14, but if you can get minus 120 or better by buying a half point and getting and getting to 13 and a half, I would, I would encourage you to do that. And again, when we're talking about this, is there are alternate lines that books have all the time? on things like this, where it changes the line, but then it changes your payout, right? When you're talking about minus 102 versus minus 112, that's, you've got to bet 102 bucks to win $100. Now, if you're buying the half point, you've got to bet 112 bucks to win $100, but you're increasing your chance. Now, all of a sudden you're winning on 14 instead of pushing on 14. So there are some people who are talking about buying points and stuff all the time. This feels like a super strategic which is why you're telling people to do it. This is the really the right time to buy a half point there. If yep. you can. Yeah, definitely. When, when you're talking about these key numbers like that, like 14, um, I, I actually have just recently in the last couple of weeks found uh, this, this odds calculator where you can plug in, like you, you plug in, whether it's a total or, or a side, you plug in the, the odds and it'll tell you which is the better odds. So I've been playing around with that. And what I found is mathematically, when you're talking about key numbers, you know, like on a side, if you're, if you're the difference between minus seven at minus one Oh five versus minus seven and a half at, or I'm sorry, minus seven at mi- minus seven minus minus one fifteen compared to minus seven and a half 
minus 105 odds, you're better off with the minus seven, but paying a little bit more juice just because of the, just because of the probability that the game lands on that key number. Okay. So we recommend either, right? This is still right. Take your tie. Hey man, let me tell you, if I, I have a tie, because I have a tie with you, <laughs> but if I had ties in my betting, I would take a tie every week because guess what? I got a lot of L's. So you'll take your push if that's what happens. But if you can buy the half point, this is a smart place to do it because we're not going anywhere. We are taking that Ohio State first quarter total combined points. It's 14. That is our Ohio State bet of the week. When we come back on betting the Buckeyes, we're making our picks in the Power Five next. Doug Lamarie and Tyler Shoemaker back. I I want to give out the Twitter address, T Shoe, but we don't know how much longer that's going to be a reality. You were putting out, and the thing about it is, you put out such great information. With all your bets, all your calculations, it's just a reality. We're not sure what the future of Twitter is. You can, people can find you here, right? And we will continue to direct people from this podcast to where they can get all your other information. And the whole world, people who use Twitter are going to be figuring out how they can share information and connect with people. But for now, you're maybe thinking about other social media platforms where we've Pondered, we have an Ohio State Tech subscription that at the moment does not include your betting advice. That may be a possibility, and the people here on Betting the Buckeyes will be the first to know about that if that would ever happen. Um, that's 614-350-3315 for our normal Ohio State coverage. What, what are you thinking? Are you thinking there's another platform that you may migrate to if Twitter's kaput? Um, it, it's going to be difficult. I, I, I put out the, the tweet earlier with a poll just trying to get a vibe of – of where everyone is at other than Twitter and where they, you know, how they like to receive their information. It's hard because Twitter was just so like tailor made for this sort of thing where I can just tweet out little nuggets, you know, at a time. Whereas like, you know, Instagram, you know, you can post a screenshot of like your notes app or something like that, but it, it's not as clean. I feel like, um, so, you know, we'll continue to navigate that as, as that situation kind of unfolds, but, um, definitely, you know, I'll make sure uh, that I put it out there where, where you can find me. Um, but, but for right now, Twitter at Buckeye Tie Twenty Three is is the best place, and if that if that changes, you know we'll we'll definitely let you know. You seem kind of like a smart guy with an entrepreneurial spirit. Would you like to create a new social media platform for us to use? <laughs> the whole world, I mean, not just the two of us. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I have that in me. I, I don't think I have that in me. I mean, he he maybe would have time to do it, but he's really got to figure out if he's betting rice this week or not. So I mean, it, it, we all make choices, right? So we know where TCU is butter in his bread. Um, okay. I'm going to start in the Big Ten. I was, uh, what was I last week? Was I two and three or three and two? I'm one of those two things every week. So I am now for the season with my power five picks. I am 21 and 29, and I was three and two last week. So I've never had a four in one week, and I've never been five and oh. Um, in the 10 weeks that we've done this, I've been one and four three times. And the other seven times I was either two and three or three and two. So I am either treading water and then a third of the time I'm drowning. So that's betting for you. I'm right there. I'm right so, there with you. My, um, my conference that's picks. That's where we are with that. Where are you? <laughs> what are you? I'm actually worse than you on the conference picks. I'm 18, 30, and two on conference picks. It has just been a disaster. Like, it's so funny that on weeks, like, I'll go one and four on our conference picks, but like, my overall numbers, you know, picking 55 games, you know, I'll be you know, 53, 54% or something like that. And then, you know, best bets have been two and one virtually 
you know, every week for the most part, you know, with the exception of a couple weeks. So it's like, this is the only aspect of, of picking games that I am absolutely terrible at. Even my pick them where I have to pick 20 games a week that I don't get to like, I don't get to pick the games. Like they're, it's a list of games provided. And then I just pick the side in 20 games. I'm like 35 games over 500 in, in that. But for whatever reason, in, in these power five picks, I have been atrocious this year. So I, I do apologize for that. But it is not exactly coincidental. Would that be correct? Yeah. Because is not the value often of of the kind of thing that you do. You find the value in the margins. You find the value in the games where the public is not as involved. You find the value in the games where maybe even the bookmakers themselves are not putting quite as much into it because there's no there's not as much action as they're going to get on an Ohio State or an Alabama game. Aren't like the people who really do this. Aren't they finding their successes in the Mac and the Sun Belt yep. and the kind of games that we talk about when we get in the weeds? Yeah, I mean, honestly, this this has been a really good case study of like, okay, I'm using my same projection, you know, system for my best bets and for the conference picks, but but the conference picks, you know, we try to we try to make it more of the marquee games of the weekend, you know, the ones that people really care about, you know. So we're so we're touching on those, but again, like I've said before, there's just there's very little value in those games generally. So it, it, it's an interesting case study that like on those marquee games that we try to highlight every week, like I'm not nearly as good. It's, it's way harder to be good betting those type of games on a regular basis compared to betting Yukon and rice every week. Okay. Speaking of games that everybody cares about. And again, that's, we do like to make it interesting here. I'm going to start off in the big 10 with Purdue Northwestern. <sighs> Baby, a humdinger, Purdue Northwestern. This actually matters because uh, if Iowa loses to Minnesota, Purdue controls its own destiny to win the West. And Purdue uh, just so happens to be playing the worst two teams in the Big Ten to end the season with Northwestern and Indiana. So I think Purdue, uh, one, Northwestern is terrible. And two, like Purdue better be juiced up for this stuff, man. Like this is the time to be the best of Purdue. Now, they're not trying to get style points or anything, but they should get to work on this. So 17 and a half, I'm willing to give that with Purdue. It's mostly the spot. It's mostly an awareness of that unless the weather is extreme, Northwestern is just not a competitive. You're picking Northwestern. (laughs) You have the I'm picking Northwestern smile. If there's not, I can't believe it. If there's not a for real, they're awful. If it's not extreme weather, I don't think Northwestern's a functional football team. So I'll give the points and go ahead and tell me why I'm wrong. I can't believe you're betting North. Oh not, man, Northwestern isn't wrong. even my big. T- Northwestern is a best bet this week. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. But the funny thing is, like, the, the thing is, I don't even. I don't even disagree with what you're saying, but I, but that's exactly how everyone in the world that's going to be betting this game is going to think. So, you know, I mean, you know me, I'm, I'm going to be on the other side of that, <laughs> but so my, my big 10 pick is actually, uh, I'm going to take Ohio state, Maryland under 63 and a half. And honestly, I think the best play on this game, you know, cause we're, we're going first quarter over. So we're confident that the first quarter is going to, going to jump out quickly. I think the best play in this game on the total is going to be a live under once we like early second quarter, once we hit this first quarter over, you hit the, you hit the live under, it's probably going to be 
so let's say there's 17 points scored in the first quarter conservatively. I would estimate that that live under is going to be like 67 and a half, 68 maybe. And I, and I'm, I'm definitely going to be looking to hit that, hit that under, but, but my numbers do like the, the full game under at 63 and a half. Uh, I projected at 60, uh, like, like you pointed out earlier, Maryland, Maryland's only scored 10 points. Uh, the last two games total. So I don't expect uh, a big contribution from them. I think Ohio State's going to want to take care of business early, which plays into our first quarter over. And then I think they're just going to want to go vanilla, keep everybody healthy, get out with a win, and, and get uh, ready for Michigan next week. I think I mentioned this before because I like to mention the, the few things that I do well. I think I'm 8-2 and two on Ohio State totals this year, and I like this under two. I, I completely agree with your line of thinking. I just don't think Maryland's going to help very much. And I think Ohio State, I think you can hit the under two very reasonable ways here, which is like Maryland with a last gasp just puts up a little bit of a wall and makes it harder on Ohio State than anybody expected. Or Ohio State hits it hard early and then backs it off because they want everybody to be healthy for Michigan, especially the running backs. They're going to take out Marvin Harrison Jr. I think C.J. Stroud might get out early in this one. And then the whole thing of like, oh, Kyle McCord, whatever, like this is going to turn into like, a handoff turnstile with Dallin Hayden or something yep. because they just they just want to get out of there. So I, I really do like this under this week for Ohio State. Okay, I cannot wait till we get the best bets. It's gonna be just so much I can't fun even I can't even control it. As you're um, as you're going through it, I, I just can't even control my my smile when when we're going head to head on on picks. It's why we have to do this on video. We don't show the video, <laughs> but it's like people you you have to it's so devious. Because it is I mean Part of the whole thing of being sharp and being an expert better is betting against Joe Q dumb guy in the public. And I just start, sometimes I get on here and it's like, I am the poster boy for the average public view of things, which is exactly, you are just like, you're telling your wife you're going on an extra vacation this year because I'm making the public, the public point that everybody's like, yes, opposite of that. Whatever that guy said, but not that. Um, wow. Okay. My, my daughter, who is at Northwestern, will be ecstatic if they stay within 17 and a half. That will be quite a moral Well, I, I, owe, I owe her one because you know I, I picked them to lose to Miami of Ohio earlier in the year, and I was right. So I, I, owe, her, I owe, owe her some, some Northwestern yeah. love. <laughs> they were back in the day when I thought Northwestern might go six and six. Then uh, they lost to Miami of Ohio and they won one game all year. All right, let's go to the SEC. What do you got cooking in the SEC for us this week, Tishu? Uh, I'm I'm going to take a freight train here. I'm going to lay 22 and a half with Georgia. They they just continue to cover games. I mean, they obviously they had their their two weird games early in the year with with Kent State and Missouri, and they you know arguably should have lost to Missouri, but since then, I mean, they have really just been trucking people. Um, I I project this at at 27. And when I look at, you know, the, the most recent games, one, Kentucky has like fallen off a cliff too. They, they're awful. I'm so sick of hearing about Will Levis. It's not even funny. I, I saw another mock draft this week that had him going third overall. And I, I, I can't, I, I just can't, but looking at the recent games, I would project Georgia minus 35 here. So I, I think they're going to kill them. I don't think, I, I honestly don't know that Kentucky is going to score. Uh, I, I think Georgia's going to roll here. So I think we were on the opposite sides of this a week ago on the uh, steamroll train in the SEC because I think you had Tennessee last week and I had Georgia. 
and now you have Georgia, and I'm going to take the Tennessee-South Carolina over with the same steamroll effect. That number is 65.5. Tennessee in non-Georgia games this year, which I think it is fair to throw out things you do against the Georgia defense, they're averaging 51 points per game in their non-Georgia games, and in their non-Georgia SEC games, I think they're averaging 48. So I like the idea of Tennessee putting up close to a 50 spot on this, and then Tennessee's defense I think is vulnerable enough that I can see I can see South Carolina getting three scores here, um, 17, and I, and it's possible again the style point express. Tennessee might just want to drop a 70 bomb here, right? I mean I do think the spot of all the teams. The number one team in the country playing for style points is Tennessee. I think there was a little bit of a hubbub last week of whether they ran up the score on Missouri. And it's like, I always say, it's impossible to run up the score in a conference game. You're sharing TV money. You share the consequences. And so, I, but I do think Tennessee has to do it. They have to keep impressing people. So if TCU loses and is a one-loss Big 12 champ, or the loser of Ohio State, Michigan, or anybody else, they need this, and I think they can do it. So 65 and a half is, I don't know, I guess that might be a little bit of a stretch, but I'll take the spot and I'll take the over there. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a high total, but I mean, we were all over that last week, and, and we were right, and we were so right that I, I don't blame you one bit here for wanting to jump on that because I, I don't think they're going to let up the rest of the season, and I don't, I don't think they can, I don't think they can afford to let up. Okay. What are you doing in the Big 12 this week, Tishu? Big 12, this is a game I've, I've already personally bet as well. I'm going to take Texas-Kansas under 63 and a half. Um, you know, at, at first glance when I, when I saw this, I thought before I looked at my number, I was like, man, that might be an over game. But then, so I, I kind of like to do that before I look at my number because that, that first reaction is kind of how I gauge like how the public's going to perceive it. And I think a lot of people are going to, I think this is going to be a huge public side on the, on the over. Putting yourself in the shoes of a dumb guy. Let me try to think to like an average person without an algorithm and see what that's like. And then you go to the numbers and if it's opposite, you think, aha, thank you, Tishu, for briefly being one of us. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, I project this at 56, so like a full touchdown lower. Uh, I've got the Texas defense ranked in the top 10 and the Texas offense just hasn't been quite themselves uh, lately. You know, uh, you mentioned it last week, like Quinn, yours just hasn't quite looked right here the last last few games. So um, I, Kansas has has had some high scoring games this year, but I, I don't think they're going to be able to do much against this Texas defense. And the Texas offense has been flawed enough that I don't think they're going to go crazy themselves. So I, I like this under 63 and a half. No, that's a, that's a good number. That, that sounds very good. That sounds very good to me also. Um, I'm going to go to Bedlam and I'm going to take Oklahoma State plus the seven and a half against Oklahoma. Oklahoma's one and five against the spread at home this year. Mike Gundy is three and 14 against Oklahoma in his career. That includes Oklahoma State winning last year. Oklahoma's a mess, and you got to get them when you can get them, brother. Like, Oklahoma State isn't great. I think, right, Spencer Sanders has been hurt. He had to come back in last week uh, in relief of Mike Gundy's son and, and win that game for him. But he says he's going to play in this game, their starting quarterback. And so... I mean, you just, when is Oklahoma ever like this? Like, this is a, this is the struggle bus, man. So, like, Oklahoma State, they have to take advantage of this. I know it's in Norman, but it's one of these things, Tishu, I was looking at a lot of the numbers about the history of what Oklahoma State's done in Norman and all these things, and it's just a reminder of, like, 
cool. That was when Oklahoma was good. They're not good. Yep. So, like, I don't care how tough it's been for Oklahoma State to win on the road in this rivalry game. Like, Oklahoma is is wounded, brother. So the fact that you're going to get a, over the, the, the number, you're going to get a touchdown plus in this one, I think Oklahoma State's the better team. I'm not that worried about Oklahoma State being on the road. I just think Gundy has to be loaded for bear to, like, take him down when he can, win two straights. I'll take Oklahoma State getting seven and a half in this game. I love that. That That's a game that my numbers are unanimous on, uh, both in terms of taking Oklahoma State against the spread and uh, my numbers really like the under in that game as well, so I'm, I'm with you. All right, where are you going in the ACC? ACC, this is another game that I've bet already. This is Duke plus seven and a half against Pitt. Uh, I, I project this at two. Um, so, I mean, I've basically got these teams dead even in, in power rating. So, you know, Pitt's just getting the, the home field advantage here. So two evenly teams give me give me the touchdown plus here uh, with, with Duke for sure. All right. Duke has been an interesting team all year. I, I'm, I'm going to take um, Wake Forest has lost three straight to Louisville, North Carolina State, and North Carolina. Um, the North Carolina game was pretty darn competitive, though, and Sam Hartman, their great quarterback, is playing his final home game on Saturday. So Wake is giving 9.5 to Syracuse. I just think Sam Hartman might go out um, with a final hurrah here. And and I think Syracuse has peaked and is coming down. And so I'm going to ride a little bit of the emotion train here. And I just think maybe this is a spot for Wake after losing a bunch in a row to just say like, that's it. Um, let's, and, and the, this guy, cause I guess he has the COVID. He could be back and he's like, I'm out of here. I'm going to the NFL. Like this has been great. He had kind of like the weird injury issue at the beginning of the year. I just think Sam Hartman might go out with the, like a ball of fire, man. And so I, I'm willing to give the nine and a half. I'll take wake minus nine and a half versus Syracuse. Too much emotion there? Is that too much emotion, Benton? No, I, I think I think situation. I think that that's a great spot for for Wake. I, Syracuse seems dead to me. Uh, I I think I I had them last week and they're they're just dead. They got blown out by Florida State. There, I think they're dead. And I th- I think Wake is a, a very good uh, comeback spot for for Wake after losing three straight. All right, last one in the Pac-12. I'm just going to take what I still think is the better team, and it's just been a little bit of a what could have been year. But Utah at Oregon, I just think Utah's good. And it's just been a little goofy. They had the week one loss at Florida, and then they lost a competitive game against UCLA because UCLA is pretty good. They had the tight end injury, but they kind of recovered from that. I still like everything about them. They have the win over USC. I also think Oregon is good, and both of these defenses have real flaws. I think Oregon's is more flawed than Utah's is. And so I'll just take the what I think is the better team in kind of a toss-up game, Utah's minus two and a half on the road. But as long as it's not three, I'm willing to give it. And I a little bit of this tissue, and I know I have to get away from this stuff, is I picked Utah to make the playoff this year. I really thought, like, this might be it. And it hasn't quite been that. It's been actually a lot like last year where they lost two games early and wound up a Rose Bowl team that competed with Ohio State. I just think they're good. And... Oregon has been super interesting. I think Oregon's good too, but I just think there's a little more variance maybe with Oregon, and I just think Utah Utah kind of plugs along. So um, I don't know. I just like the Utes here minus two and a half. 
I I had that penciled in early in the week as what I was going to pick for my Pac-12 pick this week when they were plus three, and then I looked this morning <laughs> and they were minus two. So um, um, I'm with you. I I don't love that the lines much? moved that that, that much. much. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't love that. But when they were getting three points, I I had that penciled in as my pick. So given that the line changed, I'm going to go with the other marquee matchup here in the Pac-12, and I'm going to take. USC minus two and a half against UCLA. I think this is a, a good spot for UCLA coming off their loss last week. You know, they, they got caught looking ahead and, and lost to Arizona. So situationally, I don't love this for USC, but I projected at five and a half. I mean, looking, looking at the recent uh, metrics, I would project at uh, USC minus seven. I think USC is more talented. You know, I think DTRs had had a really good year. Zach Charbonnet's had a good year. UCLA, I've bet on them quite a bit this year. Like I, they've been a great team to bet on. I think the market finally has kind of caught, caught up on them. And and frankly, I think the market kind of softened a little bit on USC after the market was like so high on them early in the season. Um, so I'm I'm going to get a a good number here on USC. I like this at anything under three. All right, two really good marquee games. It could have been even better. Like the fact that Oregon and UCLA both lost last week and took them both out of the playoff picture. If Oregon and UCLA could have won, Utah was out, but Oregon, UCLA, and USC would have all been one-loss teams right in the midst of the playoff picture. These would have been basically two semifinals to play in to the Pac-12 championship game. It's a scoot short of that, and USC still has a tough one with Notre Dame next, next week. That won't obviously affect the Pac-12, but it'll affect their playoff chances. But it's, it's two really – it's the best the Pac-12 can do a conference that's been ignored by the playoff. This is the best the Pac-12 can do, and it's not as good as it should have been because both those teams, I, I, got, I don't know if they got caught looking ahead. Michael Penix kind of just did his thing against Oregon, but man, you thought these were going to be two monster games this week, and still, instead they're just two good games. Okay, those are our Power 5 selections. When we come back, it's winning time, getting in the weeds, upset special, three best bets next on Betting the Buckeyes. All right, T-Shoe, let's dive in on that upset pick of the week where you give us some money line to play for an underdog where you're finding some value. Certainly hit on a couple of these this year. What do you like this week? So I'm going to kind of cheat on this. You know, I've said I like to, to make this at least a touchdown underdog. I'm going to take Western Kentucky on the money line versus Auburn. That line is down to five and a half, but it opened at seven and a half. So I'm going to grandfather this one in. Um, it's still almost two to one. So I, I do like it. Western Kentucky is probably the most intriguing team to me in my power ratings because my numbers just love them. My numbers have been so high on them, and they continue to cover games. Uh, so the I project them as a touchdown favorite here over Auburn. So even if the truth lies somewhere between Auburn being a five-and-a-half-point favorite and Western Kentucky being a seven-point favorite, I'll take the two-to-one odds here with Western Kentucky. I think they have the offense that can – can play with, you know, any of these lower tier power five teams. And, and Auburn is certainly that playing for uh, interim coach Cadillac Williams. So I, I'm very curious if, if nothing else, I'm curious to see how this game plays out just because of the number discrepancy that I've had with odds makers here on Western Kentucky. And I think this is a good opportunity to, to jump on it. I know why you're interested in Western Kentucky. It's like, Oh, I just, my algorithm just, uh, Oh, Western Kentucky week three, 2023 Western Kentucky. At Ohio State, September 16th. You're putting us all on alert right now, Tishu. 
watch out for the fighting are they the hill poppers right to get to the top of the hill um yeah that's gonna be like that's like a good and, and again sort of like this new Ohio State scheduling thing we know they play the the major non-conference game then they play like a Mac quality team next year is actually Youngstown State but they've been they've been picking out these this game in between Western Kentucky is a pretty good in between team between Notre Dame and Youngstown State like that that could be a little bit no one's picking them to come into Ohio State and win. That could be a bit of a live game in Week Three next year, could it not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the defense is going to have to have to play in that game because they they scheme it up and they they put points on the board. So uh, that'll that'll definitely be uh, exciting, if nothing else. So at the moment, uh, go ahead. You can bet Western Kentucky on the money line against Auburn, and then uh, if they look too good, and you can at least cash your money if they look good enough for you to go. Oh my, that could be interesting next year in Columbus. All right, let's get to the best bets, and we do have to. This is very exciting for us. Maybe not for you, because you live an exciting life as it is. But for me, this is a big deal. As far as we understand it, Rice has become aware of betting the Buckeyes and the T-shoe respect for what the Owls do. Is that correct, Tyler? That is that is correct. I received a message from someone in the athletic department, and they were so gracious to uh, say thanks for the support. And they're sending me a bunch of Tim Hortons coffee because I mentioned how much my wife loves Tim Hortons, and we don't have them here in South Carolina. Unbelievable! If this is it, I don't think I don't think Twitter going down would actually sabotage betting the Buckeyes. But if it somehow does, we've accomplished what we set out to do, which is put Rice football on the map and bring respect to the mighty owls who I do think in the first week of the season, they played USC. And I was like, I don't know, like I'll take USC minus 80 against those guys. They stink. And now look where we are. Look how far we've come tissue. Now look, yeah, it's like that, that gift from, um, I, I, I love you, man. He's like, look, look at us, look at us. <laughs> it is. I'm going to, I'm going to get choked up. So does that mean, I don't know. The athletic department acknowledges you. Does that mean Rice is the best bet this week, or no? No, I I hoped, and and honestly, again, I the market the market's caught up. Betting Buckeyes has has adjusted the market on on Rice, and now there's like there's no value. In fact, I looked at UTSA minus the thirteen against them this week, and I'm I'm still considering that. So no best bet on on Rice this week. Uh, we actually have some three power five best bets this week, which I think is probably the first time all season we've done that. But uh, found found some value this week, so so we'll go with it. All right. So what do you have for your actual number one best bet then? Best bet number one, I'm going to take Louisville minus four. They play NC State. NC State's coming off a a bad like last second loss to Boston College, who is terrible last week. Uh, NC State is 0 and three against the spread on the road, and Louisville's been been very good at home. Uh, they're four and one against the spread at home. I projected Louisville minus eight. I think Louisville's better. I don't think NC State has enough offensively to keep up, um, and Louisville's coming coming off a loss against Clemson, so I like the spot here for them uh, as as well, getting getting back on track. So I'm I'm going to take Louisville minus four. Okay, Louisville minus four, best bet number one. What you got for number two? Best bet number two. I'm going to take Arkansas plus two and a half against Ole Miss. Um, this is another one like we talked about about buying a half a point on a key number. I bet this today. Um, and I, because the plus two and a half was minus one Oh five. So I bet 
or I bought the half point to get to get Arkansas plus three at minus 115. And I would encourage you to do that if you're able to do so. If not, I still like the two and a half. There's not a ton of value here based on my on my projection. I project it right at two. So not a ton of line value here. But again, when we look at the recent performance, because you have to remember Ole Miss started the season seven and zero, And then once their schedule kind of beefed up, they have looked much, much worse here over the last month. So removing that first month of the season, I would project Arkansas minus eight. And that's that's considering Arkansas has played multiple games without their starting quarterback, KJ Jefferson, who I do anticipate to play this week. So I, I really like, like the spot here for Arkansas coming off a really close uh, loss to LSU last week. All right, these are pretty famous teams. This isn't a lot of Idaho. Yeah, teams. no, this is this is this is as yeah, this is as uh, power five heavy as it's been this year. I think. Oh, I wonder what the what could the third what could the third best bet be? I'm trying to think what could possibly make sense here. Why don't you go ahead and tell us, Tissue? I'm going to take Northwestern plus eighteen and a half against Purdue. Uh, I project this at thirteen. And the crazy thing, I, I was really surprised to see this much value on on Northwestern because my numbers have generally been high on Purdue this year. And in fact, at one point, I had Purdue ranked like 12th in my power ratings. And then, I mean, they've just collapsed kind of since then. But I I think this is a perfect spot for, for Pat Fitzgerald because a, a lot of teams in this position where they've got one win, they're not playing for bowl eligibility, I would be looking to bet against them like from the angle that maybe they've quit on the season, but I don't think a Pat Fitzgerald team is going to do that. In fact, I think they're going to love the opportunity here to play spoiler and ruin Purdue's chances to win the big 10 West, or at least, at least lessen them. Um, and, and Purdue, their last three wins have only come by two, six and seven points respectively. So laying 18 and a half here, I just, I don't know that they're capable of blowing teams out. Okay. Well, we're going head to head again. Boy, do I love it when that happens. What do I love when Joe Schmo goes head-to-head against the guy with seven formulas? So fun for me. All right, so those are our best bets. Those are our Power 5 picks. Those are our, that's our upset special, our Ohio State pick of the week. And then we like a little advice, Tishu, because we all could use a little help in this world. What knowledge do you have to drop on us about sports betting this week? Nothing really new, but I did want to reiterate a point that we talked about early in the season, which is just about your bankroll management and and keeping your your units flat, because I know that it's easy to have a tendency or a temptation late in the season like this to be like, oh man, there's only a couple of weeks left in the season. I need to try to get make as much money as I can in these last two weeks. And you know, you may be enticed to try to crank up your, your units here, but you put yourself at, at such risk, you know, again, because we've talked about the variance and you can be on the right side and, and things go wrong. So when you're talking about such a short sample, you know, here of just a couple of weeks, resist the temptation to, to try to, you know, load up your bankroll here by, by the end of the season, uh, just continue to stay the course. Uh, and I think your 2023 September self will thank you once once it's time to start betting betting next season when your bankroll is still intact uh, because you didn't blow it all here the last couple of weeks. That is good advice because the the season never really ends. It just you hit a little pause for you know six or eight months or whatever, then you come back the next year. But it's all the same money, brother. So don't blow it all now just because you get a little bit antsy. Um, all right, that'll do it for betting the Buckeyes on Buckeye Talk. You can follow him, Tyler Shoemaker, on Twitter at BuckeyeTie23. 
make sure you're subscribed to Buckeye Talk so you get every single episode. Uh, and we'll just keep you up to date here about what's going on, where you can find Tyler's advice, uh, all those different things. But for now, we appreciate you guys making Buckeye Talk and betting the Buckeyes part of your week. For Tyler Shoemaker, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Betting the Buckeyes on Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.